I'm going to start blocking people that are starting Sam Bradford, especially if you even think about putting him in a starting lineup against the LA Rams on the road. It's the TD Famers. The TD Fantasy Podcast. TD Fantasy Podcast. With your host, Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. We have to start the podcast off today with some unfortunate news because uh, Joe Mixon is on my fantasy football team, multiple fantasy football teams, and he's owned in 100% of leagues. I I checked that this morning just to make sure that everybody was starting some good running backs. And unfortunately, Tom Pelissero is reporting that the Bengals fear running back Joe Mixon will need arthroscopic surgery to clean up the knee he injured. Our very own Dr. Parekh, who works for the Fantasy Doctors, said... It's a meniscus tear three to six weeks. Jake, we were talking about this earlier, and you said, yeah, three to six weeks, but six until he looks like he like we're used to seeing him. So elaborate on that a little bit and just talk about what fantasy owners should do now that Joe Mixon's going to be out for some time. Uh, I mean, the first thing you should do is go see if Tevin Coleman's somehow available in your league. Uh, that would be my first one. And then I'll, I'll refer to Jamie. He had some other great ideas on that. Look, I had my knee scoped when I was 23 and playing my rookie year. And in three and a half weeks, I was a hundred percent. It was great. It was my kicking leg. It wasn't my plant leg, but I was a kicker. You're not locked. I mean, at 23, you're not looking at a bunch of, you know, obstructions or anything getting in your way. Now, when I had it scoped last year at 40, it was not the same story. Um, he'll be fine in three to four weeks, but I don't think he's going to look like the same player at a hundred percent till five, six, probably seven, six, that six to seven week mark. You're still gonna have some soreness. You're still gonna have some swelling, uh, all the way through that six week mark and probably through the seven week mark. So he might be back in four or five. I don't think he's gonna look like he's a hundred percent for six. Hopefully you handcuffed yourself and you have Giovanni Bernard on your football team already, because he is going to get, even as you saw yesterday, he started to get more and more of the touches because of the mix and injury he's going to see touches and he's going to be the featured back there now with Joe Mixon out potentially again for three to six weeks Jamie what are some other options if you didn't handcuff yourself or if Bernard isn't available in your league well before anybody else asks I beyond Bernard I don't really like the other options in Cincinnati uh Trey Carson is probably the if you had to pick one the other back that you want Walton was higher praise but he was really rough in the preseason um, if Austin Eckler's still around in your league somehow, I think you should pick him up because he might be a flex play on a weekly basis. Uh, I think Peyton Barber, as long as he's still going to start, he's somebody that you need to kind of keep on your radar. If you're going a little bit deeper, I still think Bilal Powell, I know the Jets looked awesome in week one, but I think Powell's going to continue to get carries. I think those are the backs you're still kind of looking for uh, going forward. Guys, let's talk about Thursday Night Football as a whole. What were some of your takeaways other than I am the happiest person alive that A.J. Green is on my fantasy football team because he looked like a phenom in the first half and throughout the football game, but he was really pouring it on that Baltimore Ravens defense, and they had no answer for him. So, Jamie, what were some other takeaways for you in Thursday Night Football? Well, a couple of them here. One of them was I do continue to believe that John Brown will be fantasy relevant. I'm yep. not sure he's going to be a player Great you, catch want to, last night. you want to start every single week. But when he has been healthy and on the field, he has been a productive player, both for the Cardinals and so far early in the season for the Ravens. And something that I know Jake's going to back me up on, I don't understand why Alex Collins isn't getting the ball more. I agree. Jake, what are your thoughts on Thursday Night Football? Uh, first, that it sucks. 
I hate it other than I love the fact that it's on TV and we have something to watch. I, you know, I, I, I didn't realize until about halftime that I missed every Thursday night pick last year for the first 10 weeks of the season because I just don't give the road teams, the home teams enough credit and how hard it is to go on the road and play. I don't give a crap that it's Baltimore or Cincinnati and it's not far. You cannot get ready to play even in week two. You get – it's just tough. Besides that, I hated the Ravens' game plan on offense and defense. I loved what Bill Lazar did for the Bengals. A lot of slants, a lot of getting guys off the line of scrimmage. All three, four touchdowns you saw from the receivers, three from A.J. Green and one, uh, the other one late, are all on slants. They, got, they were in the slot. They moved the guys around. They got off the line of scrimmage quick. They caught it in space running the other corners off deep. It was a phenomenal game plan. I think a lot of people are going to use that against the Ravens. C.J. Mosley going out early, I think, really hurt the Ravens. Um, offensively, if they're going to throw it that much with Joe Flacco, I don't give a damn that he's healthy. He ain't a guy that's throwing it that much. When you have a decent offensive line, and, yeah, you got some more weapons and stuff, I, I just – I don't get what they were doing. Um, they draft Lamar Jackson. They gave him 31 snaps last night. He's not playing quarterback. What, like, what are you doing? It, it just made no sense. You're not that they go back to being the Ravens. Do what you do. I hated the game plan. I thought Cincinnati did a phenomenal job. And Cincinnati's for real. Whether Joe Mixon comes back in five or six weeks, or if he's back in, in three or four, Gio Bernard will get them by. That offense is going to be really good. I think what happened is you're forced into a game plan that you don't like because you go down so many points so early and you saw Flacco make some horrible, horrible throws. He's just not that quarterback, and and he's not going to be able to make those throws, and he really doesn't have the weapons to do it either from a, from the passing game. So I think it was it was a rough game for the Baltimore Ravens, but I think those Thursday night football games, it's hard to really get a read on what they mean for teams. That's why I got a lot of questions last night about whether or not I should – overreact to Alex Collins or overreact to how Cincinnati as a whole has looked at as a team, Thursday night football is one of those things I kind of throw out. I really do. I think it's really hard. You, Jake made all his picks last year and Thursday night, he was almost always wrong because it's, it's hard to pick those Thursday night games. It really is. So from a gambling perspective, I would always just say, stay away from Thursday night football because weird stuff happens on Thursday night. Well, let's get into the Sunday matchups. We'll start things off with one that I, Jamie can Jamie can speak to this because he was sitting next to me as I looked at the line. I said, wow, I can't believe that's the line on that game. Indianapolis going on the road to play Washington, and Washington is favored by six points. Jake, I will let you go first. What are your thoughts on Indian Indianapolis at Washington from a fantasy perspective, and then we'll make our picks. Uh, from a fantasy perspective, I think you've got to be loving Andrew Luck. I mean, they're, they're going to find ways to get guys you probably never heard of open. I mean, you've heard of Eric Ebron, but I think he's going to be a consistent deep threat in that offense. It may only be three or four targets a game. They're taking shots, but Andrew Luck is legit. I think T.Y. Hilton uh, is going to continue to get that chemistry back with him and, and have big games. I mean, I think he's going to, you know, he's at least a flex player. If you're not really, really deep at receiver, he's definitely on your board. Um, their running back situation, I don't know what is going on. That's going to be really, really interesting. The other way, I think Chris Thompson, Adrian Peterson are both going to have big weeks. Indy's defense is beat up. They're not the same front seven they had um, last year. So from a fantasy perspective, I like Ebron, maybe depending on your tight end situation. I really think T.Y. Hilton it will bounce back and have a good week. And then I like both running backs in, in Washington and maybe Alex Smith. Yeah, you said Alex Smith. He's my number 10 quarterback this week. He kind of snuck up there into the top 10. I like a lot of the offense in, in both from both teams in this game. Smith and Luck both in my top 12. 
Uh, running back wise, I have Chris Thompson. You have Chris Thompson really high. I think you have Chris Thompson sixth on your list. He's number 12 for me. I'm, I'm in love with him this week. I think he's going to have a huge game. Indy's defense is, is banged up and it wasn't good to begin with. So I like all the offense in this game. Yeah, you saw Joe Mixon have a really good game against Indianapolis at home. Uh, or on the road for Cincinnati to open up. And I think Chris Thompson at home, I think Adrian Peterson at home. And like we've said before, Adrian Peterson early on, take advantage of him right now. Because I think if you, once we get to the second half of the season, I'm not sure his value is going to be the same as it is right now. So if you have him, now's the time to use him because he's an older guy. He's going to slow down as the season progresses. And as the weather gets worse, it's going to be a little bit harder for him to play. Um, Jake, I'll let you make your pick. Who are you taking, Indy at Washington, Washington getting six? I got the Skins 27-24. I think it's going to be a pretty good game. Even if Washington can run it, I, I don't think they're going to have the same success, even though I think their game plan is going to be very similar to last week at Arizona. Um, you can't – I mean, holding Andrew Luck down, he's going to fight you to the very, very end. So even if they score late, I think they're going to be in the game. So I've got the Washington winning at home, taking the home team basically, and I'm taking them by their home three. Uh, I agree, I, I, but I'm going to take the line here with Indy getting six points, Indy plus six. I do think Washington wins this game, but this is one of the bigger overreaction lines of week one going into week two here because one could make the point if you watch an Indy-Cincy game that Indianapolis was the better team for a decent period of that game and there's some circumstances to fumble on the last drive and you think Indy wins that game. Washington played just – I mean they played a perfect game plan against a, a bad Arizona team that for whatever, Vegas, whatever reason Vegas did not believe was as bad as they actually are. So to me, I, I, I can't uh, – I, I think Andrew Luck will keep it a close enough game. So take the points. Take the points, Jamie says. All right, next matchup, Kansas City going on the road to play Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh favored by four and a half. Uh, from a fantasy perspective, a lot of overreactions about Ben Roethlisberger uh, because of the picks that he threw in his first game. I think Bruce Arians on our Wednesday podcast to have a cheap plug. You guys should definitely listen to what he had to say. He was at that game. He knows quarterbacks and he knows Ben. The conditions that they were throwing in were awful. So I expect Ben to bounce back. I don't expect Ben to throw those picks. And you expect all the usual suspects to have a good game. Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, and our boy, James Conner. Jake, what else do you have to say from a fantasy perspective about this matchup? Because I know you like Patrick Mahomes. I love Patrick Mahomes. I think this is going to be absolute shootout. Um, the biggest thing with this is who's going to be the secondary target to Tyree Kill? Is it Kelsey or does Sammy Watkins get involved? I think there's going to be a fantasy play. Of course, if you have Kelsey, you're playing. But who's going to be the other guy? Is it Sammy Watkins? I think there might be a play there because I think this is going to be high scoring. I think they're going to be back and forth. And it, in Pittsburgh's renowned for doing what they can to take away your best option. Now, can you take away Tyree Kill? No, you can't take him completely out of a game. Um, but if you do that, are you leaving Kelsey man-to-man, or are you just going to go Sammy Watkins, who's still uber-talented? Are you playing him man-to-man with a second-rate corner? I, it, I think it's going to be really interesting. Of course, everybody on Pittsburgh is going to be extremely relevant. I think Lamar Hunt – or Lamar Hunt um, – Hunt is going to be also very active in this game, a lot more than week one. I think he's going to catch it out of the backfield. Uh, Spencer Ware could be another guy to take a look at if you're in a really deep league or got something going on. I mean, I think they're going to split carries, and there's not going to be a lot of defense in this one. No, not at all. you got to love all your offensive players in this game. I have Ben Roethlisberger as my number one quarterback. I have Mahomes at number five. I have James Conner at four, Kareem Hunt at nine. I mean, I really – I mean, Antonio, Antonio Brown at one, Juju at 14, Tyreek Hill at five. I mean, you're starting all of your pass catching and all of your running options in this game. 
I kind of, we'll talk about this in a little bit, but I kind of really like the over in this game as well, the 53 and a half. But boy, I, I just, I tell you this, don't overreact to this, the offense you saw from Pittsburgh last week. I think you're going to see something that looked a lot more like the first half of the game against Cleveland. The weather should be fine. I think looking from, look at some of the reports coming around Hurricane Florence, it appears that all of the weather in the, the let's say the Pittsburgh's Phillies of the world will kind of blow in on Monday. So it should not affect any of these games on Sunday. It'll be a lot different than the game Ben Roethlisberger had to play in in Cleveland. He came back to practice a week practice today he is healthy uh, I'm all about all the offensive options in this game yeah you gotta love the healthy Pittsburgh Steelers offense all right Jake Pittsburgh's favored by four and a half in this game what's your pick here I got the Steelers 31 27 like I said I think it's a shootout I agree with Jamie I think it's high scoring I, th- I think the over is a pretty good play here don't worry about Ben going on the road in Ohio and atrocious weather to quote my dad it was extremely tough he forced it to Antonio Brown too much I wouldn't be worried about the Steelers offense at all I would be a little bit worried about overrating Kansas City now you guys know I've been very high on their offense and I am but Patrick Mahomes only threw it 26 times I believe and but he had four touchdowns no picks there's going to be some turnovers and I can't believe Ben's going to have four or five again he might throw one or two picks but Mahomes I don't think he gets out of here clean. I'm going with the Steelers. Uh, Jamie, I know this is one of your picks behind the paywall, so this is the time where you get to uh, have a cheap plug. So yeah, so plug, go, plug away. Uh, Jake and I's picks last week behind the paywall, 4-0. and So you're really going to want to check that out this week, tdfantasy.com. Subscribe to TD Fantasy Premium. You'll get these picks for the weekend and all of our other content, all of our rankings, individual, unique from the three of us. So I really suggest you go check that out and subscribe to us. But – this part won't be behind the paywall. I already teased it before. Really like the over in this game. I know everybody's going to like the over in this game, but you better get on this quickly because I think that line is going to continue to go up as we get closer to kickoff. And because we got breaking news right in the middle of the podcast and we started the podcast with this news, we have to give an update. And that is Joe Mixon is expected to miss two weeks. That's an update from Adam Schefter um, after a uh, small procedure on his knee. So feel feel as if we had to give that update. I know we talked about it at the top of the podcast. So that's the latest and greatest on the Joe Mixon scenario. Next game, Cleveland going on the road to play the New Orleans Saints. The Saints are favored by nine and a half. That's a big number this week. That's uh, up there for the top for the top the biggest spreads of the weekend. Uh, Jake, I know you love Michael Thomas. I know you. I know we all love Drew Brees. Um, I know we all love Alvin Kamara. Maybe let's talk about some other stuff past that, because if you have any of those guys, you know you're starting them. So what are some other things from a fantasy perspective this week in that matchup? Oh, I do. I do. I do. I love my uh, my trifecta there. I've got him in two different leagues all the way through. Um, you know, I think Ted Ginn is going to be extremely relevant for the Saints. I think this um, – you, you guys know how much I, I love Sean Payton and his genius. I, I think they're going to continue to throw it. Um they're going to have to be a little bit a little bit careful because Cleveland's defense is tricky, but they're tough to run on. I think you're going to see a very similar game plan that you saw from New Orleans last week who put up monster numbers. I think Ted Ginn is somebody to really pay attention to here um, from a Saints point of view. From the, from the Browns, it's all the usual suspects, but Njoku back healthy. Um, uh, of course, Landry, I think Gordon's a play here. Which running back to play, who knows? Uh, I, think this, I think the Saints defense will play a lot better than they did last week. 
Yeah, and that's what we're kind of waiting to see. But I'm not so sure that they will. I think Tyrod Taylor could be an interesting play this week. He's my number 14 quarterback. So if you're in a you know normal standard 10-team league, you're probably not playing him. But deeper leagues or somebody got hurt or whatever scenario you're in, two QB leagues, I think he's a good play there. I think Carlos Hyde is going to clearly be the back that you want in the Cleveland backfield. They seem to be content using him in a volume game. Uh, but I wouldn't give up on Duke Johnson yet. He's probably more of an outside flex play. He wasn't on the field a lot last week, which is concerning. But he's the play you want. You're starting Landry. Landry's a stud. Josh Gordon, you're hoping – you're basically, again, as I keep saying, this is like Mike Wallace from a few years ago. You're, you're, you're playing him, hoping he's going to catch a touchdown at this point. I don't think you're looking for anything more than that. Ted Ginn's always – again, Ted Ginn, same deal. So uh, I uh, I like all the offensive options in this game as well. The Saints won't be as bad as they were last week, but I don't think they're that far off defensively. This is more along the lines of what they had been in the second half of the season last year. I like your thoughts on Tyrod there. In a two-quarterback league, I think Tyrod's a, a must-start for sure. The rushing yards help. Yeah, the rushing – just the, the, the what he does as a quarterback helps from a fantasy perspective. Uh, Jake – who are you picking here? Cleveland at New Orleans again. The line is nine and a half for New Orleans. Yeah, and I was I was really thinking this might be one of my picks of the week until I saw what the line was, and I had already written down thirty to twenty three Saints. I think the Browns hang in there for a while. I think the Saints just have too much firepower. Uh, I think some of the stuff Pittsburgh did last week exposed some of the Browns' weaknesses. Greg Williams is going to blitz. Miles Garrett's going to have to get there, um, but they just. That just all that does is create space for Kamara and out of the backfield catching passes. Uh, I think Ben Watson, we didn't talk about, could be a nice play here too for the Saints, um, as the tight end group that we talked about this week is getting a little thin. Uh, so I'm taking the Saints at home. I don't think they lose back to back home games. I'll take the Saints to win, but I'm taking the Browns to cover at plus nine and a half. Look. I think the Browns are a better football team top to bottom than the Buccaneers. I know Jake and I might disagree on that slightly because I think the Buccaneers are a bad football team and he doesn't. But I think the Browns are better. I think there's a part of me that worries that this is the Drew Brees FU game. Yeah. And he just, just goes off and they go nuts considering what happened last week. But I think Cleveland's too talented, particularly on defense from what I saw. And if, if Tampa Bay can go into New Orleans and win, I think Cleveland can go in there and stay within one score. Yeah, discipline from Cleveland. That's one thing that you definitely want to see from them. Uh, nine and a half points is a lot, Jamie, so I, I tend to agree with you. Philadelphia going on the road to play Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is getting is uh, plus three and a half in this game. Uh, guys, we saw Fitz Magic last week. We saw a little bit of, you know, we were questionable about what Mike Evans we were going to get. Uh, we saw... A lot of pa- – I, I think last week as a whole was a, a huge uh, shocker, across, not only from a fantasy perspective but from a football perspective. Are we going to see this again? I know they're at home. Philadelphia is coming off, obviously, their Super Bowl win. Jake, what do you see from a fantasy perspective here in this Philadelphia versus Tampa Bay game? I think you're going to see Fitz disaster, not Fitz magic. Um, he's been around the league a long time. I mean, one of the things that scared me up at the line last week was – Fitz will make some damn plays, and every now and again, he'll get hot. He is not happening against Philly's defense. I think they're going to hit him a bunch. That defensive line is going to stay fresh. Uh, I do not anticipate the same kind of offensive explosion that you saw from the Bucks last week. Uh, I think it's probably going to be a fairly close game just because Alshon Jeffrey is still not there. Philly still doesn't have a lot of weapons, but I think they're going to, they're going to continue this three-headed attack at, at running back. Uh, Aguilar will be a, a nice play here, of course, Ertz. Uh, Jamie and I mentioned Dallas Goddard. I think there's a decent play there, depending on how your, your tight end looks on your team. Um, definitely not messing with Foles either. I don't think they're going to throw it a lot, but I can't, I cannot fathom 
Tampa Bay putting up that same kind of offensive performance. Yeah, I'd be surprised if they do that as well. I, I haven't overreacted here. Fitzpatrick's like my 20th quarterback. Nick Foles my 21st. You're not unless you're in a two QB league. You're not starting either one of these quarterbacks. Peyton Barber is a flex play at best. Mike Evans is a stud every week. Uh, Godwin could be an interesting play this week. Keep an eye on the injury report for Deshaun Jackson. Uh, Aguilar looks good. Ertz should bounce back. Although, again, I was a little concerned with how often I saw Dallas Goddard on the field, and I wonder if that's going to eat into some of Zach Ertz's touches or not. But this is not a game that uh, – I think there's going to be a little bit more offense in this game uh, than people think, but I just don't know we're going to know where all that offense is going to measure out. Uh, as a Zach Ertz owner, I'm going to like him a lot more when Carson Wentz is throwing him the football. Sure. I know that for sure. Uh, all right, Jake, three and a half points for Tampa Bay. Who's who's winning this game? So I got the Eagles 27-20. Uh, one of the reasons I think it's going to be close, too, is that Philly is going to play conservative and do these RPOs and all the stuff they like to do, and they, they run it out of the shotgun a lot. Tampa Bay still has two stud linebackers, Levante David and Quan Alexander, who can both really, really run. I think those guys alone keep this. I don't see as much offense as Jamie's talking about, but I do see Philly going down there. I, I, if Carson Wentz was playing and, and they had Alshon Jeffrey and they were at full speed, I'm picking them by, by 10. But I can't see that right now with who they have on the field. I'm going to surprise you. I'm going to take Tampa and the points here. Ooh, uh, I, don't, I like that. I, I think if there's a worse quarterback than Ryan Fitzpatrick, it's the guy on the other sideline. I don't like Nick Foles on the road. I don't like that he won't have Darren Sproles to go to in this game. I don't like that he still won't have Alshon Jeffrey to go in this game. I know Philly's defense is really good, and they ro- rotate a, a, that defensive line like nobody else. But it's going to be hot in Tampa. And I want to see if that defense gets a little bit tired as they go down the field. I think this is a close football game. And I also kind of like the over at 44 points. I think that's way too low for for two teams that are going to play, two teams that have this kind of potential. So I'll take Tampa Bay in the points, and I like the over. All right, I like it, Jamie. It's a surprise early on in the podcast. Uh, next up, divisional rivals, Carolina going on the road to play Atlanta. Atlanta Falcons getting uh, are the six-point favorites in this game. Atlanta, uh, we can all say that Thursday night football game was not exactly what you were expecting, or at least I and Jake were expecting from that team. I think this is a good test from a fantasy perspective. Atlanta's at home. They're playing Carolina. This is a defense that's banged up already with Luke Keekley being injured. If Atlanta can't show you something in this game, might be time to start worrying about Atlanta's pieces. And Devontae Freeman will not be playing in this football game, or at least that's the latest right now. Jake, you and I have talked about Matt Ryan and his disappointment. Is this is this kind of a, a make-or-break type of scenario where you're watching him from a fantasy perspective and saying, show me something, Matt? Not quite desperation yet, but I'm damn sure looking saying, show me something. You know, I got bad news for Devontae Freeman owners. I think Tevin Coleman is going to play well when he's the feature guy, and I don't think – I think those roles could flip. As, as we move through the season, that Tevin Coleman's more the feature guy than Devontae Freeman. History of concussions – now having you know history of injuries popping up, I think he's trade bait. It wouldn't surprise me if they move on from him, to be honest with you. No Greg Olson on the, on the other side. And speaking of overreactions, one of my leagues, somebody dropped freaking Cam Newton. I picked him up. I have Drew Brees as my starting quarterback. I now have Cam Newton sitting on my bench. And, and it's a deep league, too. And I'm like, what? come on, man. That, that was like a gimme. I'm just sitting there laughing to myself going, the number three or four quarterback, depending on who you're talking about, is now on waivers. Hey, come on, people. Don't don't get crazy. I'm not real sure there's a lot other than McCaffrey and Cam that you're going to look at from a Carolina point of view. Uh, a yes, the Keanu Neal, 
Deion Jones injuries. They're out for the year for the Falcons. Falcons get beat up already. Um, interdivisional rivalry. These teams know each other really well. I think this could be a really close, interesting game. Lord, let me in that league, Jake. That's all I yep. have to say. Whoever the hell is <laughs> dropping Cam Newton. Oh my! All right, Jamie. What are your What are your thoughts on this game? A, a lot of the same. Uh, obviously, Ken Newton's a great player. <laughs> Shouldn't be dropped. He's my number six quarterback for the week. I have McCaffrey all the way up as my fifth running back. I love Christian McCaffrey this week. I think he's going to have a field day. Uh, Deion Jones. No, well, we know where to be found on the field. Uh, so I really love having McCaffrey there. I think C.J. Anderson in super super deep leagues. Now he's off the the list. Might be a candidate to get a, grab a touchdown at some point. Again, you don't feel confident about a lot of the other Carolina pass catchers. I don't know what I'm going to get from Ian Thomas. People tend to like his athletic ability. I want to see how he actually plays on Sunday in that future role at tight end. I think Funches could be a speculative flex play at best. For Atlanta, I mean, Tevin Coleman now is an RB2. I think you're going to get pretty good production out of him. Obviously, Julio Jones is Julio Jones. I don't need to tell you to start him. Matt Ryan is actually below the two quarterbacks we just talked about. He's number 22 for me. He's below both Fitzpatrick uh, and Nick Foles. Uh, I've been on record with my Matt Ryan hate, and I continue to be proven correct when he takes the field every Sunday. And so to me, I, I look at this team and I go, I'm not I'm not all that impressed with this Atlanta team. I don't think this is going to be all that easy for them. No, I better see a better game plan from Steve Sarkeesian. I know that because the, the play calling in that game to start the season was to say disappointing is putting it lightly. Uh, Jake Atlanta, like I said, is getting six points at home. What is your uh, call on this game? I, first of all, I love that Jamie and I have agreed on every game, but we just said it very differently. Um, but uh, yes. I think I think we're going to be pretty close here too, although he might actually take this other team. I'm going to take Atlanta 24-21. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt for their opener on Thursday night. Sarkeesian's game plan was absolute garbage. Uh, I think they're going to be a little bit better at home. I'm really worried about this defense. I think Tevin Coleman has a big week. Uh, but I think losing Greg Olson might be more important than losing Deion Jones and Keanu Neal. That is Cam's guy, and they were not the same team with him out last year. So I'm going to take the Falcons and the home team 24-21. I think it's going to be a really good game. It wouldn't surprise me either way how this one goes. I'm going to – for betting purposes, I'm going to agree with you. Uh, but for no, I think Carolina not only covers their, their six points, but they will uh, win outright. Uh, so I'm going to take Carolina plus six in this game. I, I, I don't like a lot of the things about this Atlanta team. I think Carolina is going to be well-prepared. I like the options Carolina has. Atlanta's defense was already going to be iffy to begin with, and now they're down because of injuries. Uh, to me, I, I cannot in any way give Atlanta have them give up six points even at home, even in the dome. I know they have in a divisional games. Everything about this screams to me: take Carolina plus six on the road. Okay, Carolina six on the road. You guys both uh, both agree, but uh, disagree on who's winning that football game. Uh, all right, another divisional matchup: Miami going on the road to play the New York Jets. The Jets are getting three points at home. The Jets look pretty damn good. On, uh, on Monday Night Football, and this is the New York debut for young Sam Darnold. Uh, is, are we ready to say Sam Darnold might be a fantasy option this year, Jake? I think he is during your bye week for sure. I don't like his weapons, or I'd say he definitely was moving forward. Um, I, I was really interested to hear my dad say the best prepared team in week one was the Jets, and I, I Went back through it, and I can't argue that. I mean, they looked phenomenal. That defense is really, really good. I think the young guys in this team have flipped the locker room is the biggest thing. Uh, I love what I saw from Darnold. I love that he didn't get too high, didn't get too low. That, that pick six to start his career didn't bother him too much. Um, I'm not taking him in a – maybe some two-team leagues. I mean, he's definitely not your guy right now. 
Robbie Anderson, uh, I like what Jamie said about Isaiah Crowell the other day. I think Bilal Powell, they just split carries too much for me to really like any of those options. The Dolphins, Amendola, I think Kenyon Drake bounces back with a bigger week this week, although it scares me how he's going to do that against this Jets defense that looked so good the other night, and the Lions couldn't figure out which damn running back they wanted to put in the game. So I don't I don't know what I'm getting there. I think it's going to be a really close game, uh, interdivisional rivalry again. I think there's going to be a lot of hype on this Jets team that they might struggle a little bit at home uh, offensively early. Yeah, I mean, I agree almost on on everything. Uh, right now, I have Darnold, my number nineteen quarterback for this week. Again, not somebody you're considering playing unless you're in a two QB league. Uh, I do like Crowell. He's cracks my top twenty, but again, you're gonna have to understand he's gonna split time with Bilal Powell. Same thing with Kenyon Drake at nineteen. He's gonna split time with Frank Gore early this season. It's one of the things I warned you about in the preseason to just be aware of. Uh, you know, I'm intrigued as Jake has said on the previous show about Quincy and Numa, his size coming out of the slot there. I'm intrigued by his option, but. I think he's a flex play at best. Same thing goes for Robbie Anderson. So there's not – and for Miami, I think Kenny Stills is a legit option there for a wide receiver three or a flex play. I think he's going to get those games, uh, especially with – Devontae Parker might play this week, but I think he's going to be limited if he does. I really like Kenny Stills. But, yeah, this is going to be a game to see can the Jets live up to at least some of the hype. They're not as good as they looked in week one. If they did, they'd be winning the Super Bowl. But that's just not going to happen. Well, listen, I think we're all intrigued by this New York Jets football team. And I, for one, am intrigued to see what they play, what this team looks like at home. I'm not a big fan of this Miami Dolphins team. So I kind of think the New York Jets are favored by three points. So I want to hear both of your perspective first. But, Jake, who are you taking in this game? And are you taking the Jets with the points? No, I'm not now that you said that. I've got the Jets 23-21. I think they're going to struggle early. Uh, Miami – Desperate teams do interesting things, and I think Miami knew that they were not very good and that they're going to have to play desperate going into week one. They were the better team last week, which doesn't say a whole lot about uh, Tennessee, but uh, I, I just I think they're going to struggle a little bit. I think the expectations at home, I mean, there's no way Darnold can live up to the expectations. He was the cover boy of three different New York publications on Monday. Like that, that just gets really, really tough. The Jets have all of a sudden they believe. I do think they win because I think their defense is going to be really, really good. Um, and I don't, I don't really like the Dolphins' weapons to be able to exploit that. So I, I think they pull it off, and I think the, the hype gets bigger because I think Darnold's going to have to make a few plays to make that happen. But I think it's going to be a really close game. I'm taking the Jets here. Uh, I don't think I'm not very confident about it. I, I don't. I don't think either of these teams is even average. So I can. This is where it always scares me when you put two bad teams against each other. That's where you get in gambling trouble all the time because the results are all over the place. Uh, but I will take the Jets minus three. I think they're going to win the football game, and I think they are a better team. And I thought they were a better team going into the season in Miami. I definitely think so after Week One. But that's as far as my analysis is going to go. I'm not super confident about this game. You probably want to stay away. Yeah, I I agree with you, Jamie. I think I I actually am a little bit more dialed into the Jets than I think you both are. I think I I think Todd Bowles is really ready to push play here, and I think that defense is has the capability to be a really really top tier defense. And I just really don't like anything that Miami does. I really don't, and I think they're going to go on the road. And I think that Darnold can live up to the hype. I know I've told you guys that I interviewed him in the off season, and I was beyond impressed with who he was. And get and listen. There's a lot of hype in USC. He, this is nothing new for this guy, okay? He was on the cover of every magazine going into playing as a freshman before he was at USC. So he knows how to handle this hype, and I think he'll be just fine in New York. Uh, next game, Houston going on the road to play Tennessee. 
Tennessee's going to play two quarterbacks. Uh, we heard LOL. that from we heard that from Mike Vrabel. Uh, yeah, LOL, as Jamie said. Uh, Tennessee is minus three or plus three in this game. Uh, listen, Tennessee is a bad football team. I just I think Jamie Jamie was more spot on going into the season, and uh, he's obviously not a big fan of Marcus Mariota. And now we're going to see two quarterbacks, which yeah. I, I don't have any words for that. So from a from a fantasy perspective, besides, you know, the Deshaun Watsons of the world and, and DeAndre Hopkins, who we know we're starting, uh, what else are you looking at from a fantasy perspective here, Jake? First of all, why in the hell are you going to play two quarterbacks if your starter is healthy enough to play? That makes no sense to me whatsoever. Jake, Another one – it's for Blaine Gabbert, you got to do it, right? Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's exactly my thinking. Uh, look, I, I'm not real sure what the hell you're going to see. I think Deion Lewis gets some catches. I think Corey Davis is the feature of that offense. I, I'm not touching anything from with Tennessee. Both of their tackles haven't practiced all week on a, what was a good offensive line. Now has nobody on it. Delaney Walker out. Um, I think the Texans defense is a good play this week. And if Will Fuller is back, he's definitely a play for me. I think the Texans go in there and, and handle this one pretty easily. Basically take what Jake just said and just copy that for me. Uh, he's spot on there. And the one thing I want to make an addition to is I'm going to continue to be the president of the Lamar Miller fan club. I don't think he gets enough love. He's my 15th rated running back this week. I think he's going to have another big game. And Derrick Henry sucks. And Derrick Henry's still bad. No. <laughs> I, if, if you read – there's an article up on tdfantasy.com where I break down all of his exciting uh, runs from last week. Uh, so Derrick Henry's not the back you want. Deion Lewis is, is the back you want, Tennessee. But that's really about it. I, I'm not enthused about this game, and I would not be very enthused about this game if I'm a Tennessee fan, no matter which quarterback is throwing the ball. So this is the point at which I tell you that for the picks on this game, you're going to want to go to tdfantasy.com and subscribe to be a premium member. And like Jamie said earlier, the guys went 4-0 and last week. So if you want to make money and you want to get rich, you're going to want to do this and you're going to want to follow the picks because both these guys are on a team this week on the on this game. So you're going to you're going to have to subscribe to find out what what their pick is for this week. All right, next game, Los Angeles Chargers going on the road to play Buffalo. Buffalo is plus 8 in this game. This is the point at which I feel it is a moral responsibility. One, Josh Allen is starting. Uh, two, there's no way Buffalo could play any worse. And three, I absolutely hate when West Coast teams yeah. go east. I don't care if Buffalo is terrible. I have seen good teams look like trash when they travel from West Coast to East Coast. So that is that is my warning to everybody about this game because that is a large spread, even though I like the LA Chargers a lot. Jake, from a fantasy perspective, what do you like most this week? I know we're all high on Phillip Rivers, maybe even a little higher than than everybody else in the fantasy world. Anybody wearing a damn bolt on their shirt, I like in this matchup. I, that's Eckler, that's Mike Williams, of course, Keenan Allen, of course, Phillip Rivers and Gordon. Uh, and anybody wearing the damn Bills Mafia, I'd stay the hell away from. I, if, if it wasn't the Chargers coming from Los Angeles to Buffalo, this would be another one of my locks of the week. I, I, I just – I cannot see this being that close of a game. Yeah, I agree. It's just – again, as much as I hate West Coast going East Coast for the, the 1 p.m. Eastern start time, uh, there's a point where just the talent disparity is just too great here. The Chargers – one, they need this game now because you, you end up – you lose that game to KC last week because you started slow. 
but this is a huge game for them. They're so much more talented on both sides of the ball than Buffalo is. It's it just there's no way I can see them losing this game. Uh, for me, the only Buffalo player that you're even considering in your lineup is McCoy, and he is a mid-level flex play at this point. That's the best you that's the best you're going to get from him. Chargers, I love everybody. I think Austin Eckler is a flex starter this week. I like him a lot. He's going to start for me in one of my fantasy leagues in my flex spot. I'm really excited for him. I think Mike Williams can have a really big game. Travis Benjamin's not going to play, which might mean Tyrell Williams could have a decent game as well. Uh, I'm really excited for everything that's Chargers in this game. Yeah, I, as a LaShawn McCoy owner, I, I have downgraded him from my RB2 spot to a flex position this week in a standard wow. league just because I don't really know what to expect from this Buffalo Bills team. But I will say this, I do expect them to play better because they were embarrassed and it was a horrible, horrible game. And Josh Allen starting. And I think as much as there have been lots of different opinions on Josh Allen, Nathan Peterman is not a good quarterback. He's just not a good quarterback. So I don't think that there's anything that could possibly be worse about their performance this week. Uh, That being said, the Chargers minus eight in this game. Jake, are you thinking the Chargers cover that? Hell yes. I actually, now that we're sitting here talking about it, I'll throw you out a freebie of another lock of the week. I think the Chargers, I got the Chargers 31-13. I think Eckler's a great play, as Jamie said, because I think they're going to rest Gordon. I think they're going to get up early. And I think also think moving forward, I've got Mike Williams on either all three of my leagues or at least two sitting on the bench waiting. Uh, I think he's going to be 1A to Keenan Allen in another four or five, six weeks if he stays healthy. I I just think him and Phillip Rivers are going to create a – a relationship that I just, I just really am high on him. Like we talked about him with one of my breakout guys of the year. Um, so yeah, I just, I cannot, I can't see this being close. I just really can't even without Joey Bosa. I mean, Josh Allen's got to be thanking his lucky stars. He's not playing or this would be that much worse. Yeah. I'm taking the chargers as well. There's no, I can't see a scenario where they don't win. The only thing that again gives me a little pause is just, I've made a lot of money over the years betting on teams on the East coast to be teams on hosting the West coast teams for these early games. But I just cannot see this happening here. My advice is stay away. I've watched way too many teams from the West, good teams go and struggle. So my advice with a big line like that is uh, stay away and subscribe to TD fantasy. So you can get some really good picks from the guys. Uh, we don't have a line on this game, and that's because we don't know whether or not Aaron Rodgers is going to start in that football game. That is Minnesota and Green Bay. Jake, just from a fantasy perspective, you and I both own Aaron Rodgers in leagues. Uh, I actually talked to Dr. Parekh earlier, and you can hear that interview at the end of this podcast about Aaron Rodgers and, and how he performs from a fantasy perspective, because you would be interested to hear he actually scores more points when he's had these lingering injuries because he throws the ball more which is insane but it's Aaron Rodgers so you're starting him this week if he's starting it looks like everything points to he's going to be starting this week and that means pretty much you're going to have to start everybody in Green Bay other than those running backs yeah I mean look the reason that it makes sense is because he throws it on time a little bit more he doesn't want to get hit he doesn't want to extend the plays the way that he did he kind of throws it the way that the offense was designed to be uh, drawn up I love Cobb. He's sitting on my bench. He sat on my bench last week with Emmanuel Sanders in one league, and they both went off, of course. Uh, but I think he's going to continue. He looked really good to me. He, he did not look like he's lost a step. He looked quick. He looked fast. And anytime you're Aaron Rodgers, number two option, I like that. Of course, Adams. I think Jimmy Graham has a bigger week than he had last week. I'd stay away from the running backs. Aaron Rodgers' history against the Vikings is really, really good, even the Mike Zimmer Vikings. I know that defense is awesome, um, but if Aaron Rodgers is playing, I'm playing all those guys. If, if he doesn't, Oh, God. Uh, 
you have to play Jimmy Graham and Adams, and that's that's about it. Uh, the other way around, I mean, you, you, yeah, everybody you've got from Minnesota, I like as well. I don't like this Green Bay defense as all. Well. I mean, you got Thielen, you got Diggs, uh, Cook, Latavius Murray is maybe a flex play. They're going to continue to split that. I think Cook's going to catch it out of the backfield a little bit more than he's going to get carries. Uh, Rudolph Cousins, of course. Uh, I mean, uh, I really like that Minnesota offense. You're playing all those guys. I don't. I don't think like Green Bay's defense very much at all. Yeah, I'm just going to assume that Aaron Rodgers is going to play just for the ease of this conversation. If he does, he's my number three quarterback this week. I like him a lot. But I have Kirk Cousins at number four. I, I think there's a lot of offense to be had in this game. I think both. Um, I, I think Kirk Cousins going against this this blah Green Bay defense. Like I don't think it's terrible, but it just no, it's blah. It, it doesn't doesn't inspire a ton of confidence in me. Uh, Devontae Adams was, is going to be questionable all week. I think he's going to play as well. He is a, a low-end wide receiver one for week one. I think Cobb's a legitimate wide receiver two. Uh, I'm really excited for what he's going to do. And I've been saying all offseason, he's not getting traded. Uh, and again, the number two option in Green Bay is going to put up numbers with Aaron Rodgers. Graham's my seventh tight end. I think it'll be a whole different game plan this week. They got their doors blown off early in, against Chicago, and then they – and Rodgers got hurt. That was a very weird game plan for most of that game. I think you're going to see a little bit more of how they're going to use Jimmy Graham in this game. Both Thielen Diggs are in my top 10. You're obviously starting them. Dalvin Cook's 14th for me. Uh, I think he's going to be used in the – I'm hoping he's used in the passing game as much as he was last week because I think that's a real boost to his value. Uh, Murray, again, is – I don't have him quite in flex play territory, but if you're desperate, maybe he's there. Kyle Rudolph uh, is a kind – he's my eighth tight end because everybody got hurt. But I've been watching SEMO. They did not target him very much last week. I want to see if that changes around this time around. All right, guys, there's no line to pick against here in this game, but I'll just let you guys make a pick as if Aaron Rodgers is starting. Who do you have winning in this game, Jake, Minnesota or Green Bay? I got the Vikings on the road. I don't like picking against Aaron Rodgers at home, but this Vikings team I really, really like. I think that's top five offense, top five defense, and I just don't think even with Aaron Rodgers playing, they have the weapons to hang in there, and I think the Vikings go on the road and get it done. I agree. I think the Vikings win this game as well because there's no way Aaron Rodgers is 100% even if he does play. Yeah, I I tend to agree with that, and I think that Minnesota Vikings team is just – right now excellent and green bay is in an intimidating atmosphere right now with no weather conditions that are going to issue uh be an issue in september all right next game we're talking about detroit who got absolutely embarrassed on monday night football going on the road to play the san francisco 49ers uh the 49ers are six point favorites in this game detroit better have a better game plan and i know if you are a matthew stafford owner like i am Man, you are really disappointed in what you saw last week. So I, I am hoping and I'm expecting to see a bounce back from Matthew Stafford. Um, but let's talk about they got a lot of wide receivers to like from a fantasy perspective. Uh, and I don't like any of their running backs, at least not yet. Jake, uh, what do you have to say about this matchup? I think Stafford's going to be fine. Look, he's a pro. He's thrown for 4,000 4, yards seven years in a row and has a 5,000-yard season. He's going to be just fine. His weapons are healthy. You're, you're playing Marvin Jones Jr. You're playing Tate. Galladay is maybe an option because I think they're going to throw it a bunch. They haven't figured out this running back situation, so I'd stay the hell away from that. Absolutely. Uh, the Niners, I, I think Pierre Garçon uh, is still definitely viable. I, I know you're, you're high on Kittle, Paige, and I, I agree with you. I think that um, that relationship with Garoppolo is going to continue to grow. I'd stay away from their running back situation. I know every, everybody I saw dropped Alfred Morris. I don't think that was very smart because I think those guys are con- going to continue to play. Alfred Morris, there's a reason he's there. He has a relationship with Kyle Shanahan. He knows that offense well, and he runs good in that zone blocking scheme. 
I think he's definitely still an option. Yeah, I'm not excited if I'm playing either quarterback in this game. I have Stafford number 16 for me and Garoppolo 17 this week. I'm just not excited about this matchup from the quarterback perspective. Running back-wise, the two 49ers backs, Breed and Moore, so probably flex plays this week. In Detroit, it, I don't know where to go with with those backs yet. I think Kerryon Johnson could be there eventually, but they're not using him in that role right now. Um, I'm a little worried about Pierre Garçon on, on Slay. Um, I'm not super worried about it, but enough to put him probably as a flex play for me. Um, on the other side, Tate's wide receiver two, Marvin Jones, a flex play as well. Kittle's a top five tight end for me to me. I, I think that's the 49ers pass catcher you really want in this game. If you want to take a deep flyer, maybe you're in DFS, maybe you're in a really deep league, Dante Pettis is an interesting option. Marquise Goodwin will not play this week. I think Dante Pettis is going to start in his, in his place. I think that could be a very interesting flyer option to take. Yeah, you guys are both right. I really like George Kittle now and going forward, really against any matchup, because I liked the chemistry be- between him and Jimmy Garoppolo, and I think that's that's going to continue. Uh, Jake, let's make a pick here. San Francisco favored by six points. Who do you have winning this game? <laughs> I laugh because I got the 49ers 30-24. to 24. I don't think there's going to be a lot of defense. I think they have enough to get it done. I'm going to take the home team, and I've got it right on the number. Um, if I had to go with, do I like that better? Yeah, I'd say I like that. Like, so maybe bump it to 31, 24. So I'm not directly on the line. Uh, but I think the Niners are a better team. Yeah, these, these are two middle of the road teams. Uh, and when two middle of the road teams play each other, I'm going to go with the home team. And I think San Francisco can do enough to win at home and cover by a touchdown. All right, guys, the next game is the largest spread of the weekend. That is the Arizona Cardinals going on the road to play the L.A. Rams. The L.A. Rams, obviously, after they woke up in the second half, showed out. And the Arizona Cardinals were probably the second worst team we saw in week one, right behind Buffalo. Uh, Both of those teams look horrible. So you're expecting that Arizona is going to bounce back slightly, but I just don't see – do I? Yeah, I, I just I just don't see I, – I don't think they could possibly perform as bad as they did, uh, so I'll say that, but they're playing a better team. Well, they're going on the road to play a much better football yeah, team. Yeah, they're going so. on the road to play a much better football team, but 13 is a lot of points. Jake, we, we know what this rivalry has been in years past. We know how these teams have played each other. Uh, obviously, it's a different story now. No Bruce Arians as the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, and really – his beef was with uh, the former coach in, uh, in 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 L.A., which was back in St. Louis days. So what do you see happening here from a fantasy perspective, first off? You know, if, if it was that staff with James Betcher as the defensive coordinator and my dad as the head coach, I'd like a little bit more of these fantasy options. Um, you know, Cooks, I think, has a, a, a pretty big week, but that's because Patrick Peterson, I don't think, is going to follow him anymore. And he's going to stay on one side of the field. They're going to play a little bit more zone. Uh, I like all the options for the Rams. I, I like Cup. Uh, Woods, I think sooner or later, Jamie and I agree, is going to be the kind of forgotten guy. I think Cooks is going to be a bigger and bigger person uh, in that offense. Uh, Todd Gurley, of course. Uh, David Johnson, you drafted him in the top five if you got him. So you got to play him. I don't really like anything else. Uh, if, Fitz, if Fitz is playing only in the slot and they're playing zone – He's a decent play this week. But if he's not, and they're not playing zone, I don't like it at all. If he has Aqib Tlaib or Marcus Peters on him, he's not having a good game. He's not having a decent game. He's not having an average game for Larry Fitzgerald. I don't like anything else from the Cardinals in this one. 
Yeah, and from the quarterback perspective for both, uh, Goss 13 for me. I think you can – there are some leagues in which you probably want to start him, but he's still not quite into that starter territory. I only will bring this up because people have tweeted us about this. Sam Bradford's my number 31 quarterback this week. So yeah. for anybody who started Sam Bradford last week, do not – do not. Full stop. Do people. not do it again. Uh, Todd Gurley, my number one running back. Love him. You know, I don't have to explain that to you. Cooper, love Cup and Cooks. I think they're both wide receiver twos this week. I think I like Cups, Cup a little bit more, but I think they're both going to get theirs. Uh, Rob, uh, Woods is going to be a flex play this week. Uh, the Rams defense, my number one defense of the week. So uh, obviously they're not available. You, they were drafted in every league, but they're my number one defense this week. I have David Johnson eighth. I mean, that's not quite where you want to see him given when you drafted him, but this is a really good Rams defense, and I think the Cardinals are going to be behind a lot. Uh, Fitzgerald is a low-end wide receiver, too, for me. Again, I, for all the reasons Jake brought up. And I want to bring up one thing because I, I people are in love with Ricky Seals-Jones this week because of what Jared Cook did last week. I would really like to warn you that that's not going to happen again. He is not. They're not going to throw to the tight end for 180 yards. This is not happening. Ricky Seals-Jones is not even in my top 20 tight ends this week. Also, Ricky Seals-Jones is not Jared Cook, PSA, from me to you, fantasy owners. And like Jamie said, please don't start Sam Bradford, because if you do, that's going to be block-worthy on my Twitter account. I'm going to start blocking people that are starting Sam Bradford, especially if you even think about putting him in a starting line of BNC LA Rams on the road. That is just, that's crazy talk. Uh, I'm starting everybody on the LA Rams. I know that. Uh, Arizona Cardinals, David Johnson, and that's about it. But 13 points here, Jake. Who are you who, who are you taking in this game? Look, I mean, you're talking about professionals. You're talking about some prideful guys. I think Arizona, part of their problem, and I agree with my dad, and I, I didn't hear anybody else take that analysis of they tried too hard, that they were that new coach and they were out there doing that stuff. What that leads to is making a bunch of mental mistakes. If they play a little bit smarter this week, I don't think they give up quite as much. I got the Rams 27-13. I can see it being a lot worse than that. But you're still talking interdivisional rivalry. The Rams don't have a giant home field advantage. Um, I'm right there at it. I mean, if I had to lean towards being higher, I'd say I think the Rams can can do more than that because I don't think the Cardinals can score more than 17, period. Yeah, I'm I'm not going to bet on it because I just – a fundamental, fundamentally against betting two touchdown lines in the NFL, but I think the Rams win this one pretty easily. I think the Rams can get thirty plus, and the only reason why they don't score thirty plus is if they take the, if they just decide to take their foot off the gas late in this game. Uh, I think the Rams are just a better team in every facet of the game than the Cardinals right now. Yeah, McVay doesn't seem like the take the foot off the gas type of guy uh, in a in a in a divisional game. Uh, next game, New England at Jacksonville, a rematch of the AFC Championship game. Jacksonville is plus one in this game. It's a it's a real close one. I think there's a lot of interesting fantasy perspectives to look at here. Jake, I want you to talk about New England because we know Tom Brady and Gronkowski are starts every week. We've had a lot of questions specifically to I've gotten a lot of questions about what to think about that running back situation. And I always tell people just stay away from New England running backs because it is a you can never know what is going to happen on a week-to-week basis, and, and I think that's the best way to look at it. And Fournette, we're still hesitant about what he's going to look like this, this week with, with his lingering injury. So what are your thoughts on this week from a fantasy perspective? I'm staying away from Hogan. I'm staying away from New England running backs. I'm staying away from New England receivers other than Gronk. I think Gronk still has a pretty solid week. Um, I think he's matchup proof. I don't think it really matters uh, who the hell you're playing, even though Jacksonville's defense – of course, was taking one in every league. You're going to play them. 
to me, I have Fournette in a league that I picked 11th in. And I, I've said this before. I had took Fournette first and Jordan Howard second. I hope Fournette doesn't play this week. I picked up Yeldon somehow off waivers and got him. And I'm really excited about that. Uh, I think he'd have a really decent week if Fournette doesn't play. If Fournette plays, I don't think he plays the whole game. I think they split time. And I don't think either one of them are really a great play. But if you took Fournette like I did in the first round, you got to play him if he plays, I think. Um, I don't like that at all. Uh, I don't really like a lot of the other options um, for Jacksonville. Maybe D.D. Westbrook if you're really desperate and uh, are playing in some really deep league. Um, really interesting game here. Yeah, and I'm of the same mindset. If you if you own both Fournette and Yeldon, you just hope Fournette gets ruled out completely, so you can just start Yeldon with confidence. Um, I think Yeldon's a, even a flex play, even if if you don't let's say you don't have uh, Fournette on your team. I think Yeldon could be actually be a decent flex play, even if Fournette is active, because I don't think he's going to play the entire time. I could see Fournette coming in and getting six, seven, eight touches, and that's it for the game, even if he doesn't re-injure himself. Uh, so I, I'm not thrilled about that situation for the Patriots side of things against that defense. You're starting Gronk, still my number one tight end. I'm not getting cued here. It's Gronkowski. Uh, but Hogan and Burkhead flex plays at best, and they're not even really strong flex play options there. Um, you know, I know people are excited about Sony Michelle maybe hitting the field. This I don't expect anything from him in week one. Uh, I have Brady just outside my top ten quarterbacks. You probably don't have a better option, but uh, Brady's a lumber 11 for me. I just uh, this this is a tough one. I just this is this is a game where I think you know your fantasy hopes go to die. Yeah, you don't really like anybody from Jacksonville in general, uh, much past a healthy Leonard Fournette, and not being healthy makes a big difference in this game. Uh, Jake, who are you picking in this AFC Championship rematch? I got the Jags twenty four twenty. I feel pretty good about it. I I, I took uh, I'm picking against the Patriots two weeks in a row. I, I understand that. Um, I feel I don't like Jacksonville's offense, but I think they're going to get it done. And I like their defense enough. And it's a young swaggy team that's talking a lot of smack. It's a really good matchup to me with this young swaggy team coached by Doug Marone and this old head Belichick, Tom Brady going on the road, been there, done that 500 million times. Uh, I just think Jacksonville's got a little something about them. I I think they're going to get it done. I think they are as well. It, it, I, it kind of sucks that Fournette's going to be limited at, at best, but that defense is legit, and that defense took it to New England for two and a half quarters of the AFC Championship game. And this New England offense is not as not quite as good as it was as the offense that walked into that championship game. Uh, Jacksonville's at home. I think they're, they're going to look at this game as a huge, huge highlight game on their schedule. I think Jacksonville wins this game, so I will take the plus extra plus one that they get to save me in case they lose like 24-23 in a last-second field goal. Which is very New England, if I if I do say so myself. All right, next game, uh, Bruce Arians is calling this football game. Oakland going on the road to play the Denver Broncos. Uh, Denver's favored by six and a half. Jake, let's talk fantasy in this game. We all know how Jamie feels about the Oakland Raiders, but how do you feel about the Oakland Raiders heading into this game? Uh, very similar. I don't like a lot of their options. I, I think the Cook thing is an overreaction. I think Gruden definitely does want to play him uh, and use him, but I don't think they're going to use him like they did the other night. I think Amari Cooper has to get targeted eight to ten times here. Has to. I don't know how they can't do that, or there's no point in having him on your damn team. Trade him as well. Uh, I don't really like Jordy Nelson in this matchup because one or the other is going to be on Chris Harris Jr. And that defense in Denver is still pretty good. I think Emmanuel Sanders is the number one option in Denver. I am getting really, really tempted to play him this week. Uh, I think he's the number one guy there. If he's healthy 
I think Demarius Thomas has really slid down in the ability to be able to run. We've talked about that before. Uh, but I like Demarius Thomas in this matchup. I think Royce Freeman's a good flex play in this matchup. Um, I think it's going to be a pretty solid game, actually, though. Yeah, I think it's actually going to be a, a pretty decent game. And as I'm looking at all the all the good options are in Denver right now. I have Case Keenum as my number 15 QB. Again, if you're in a 2QB league or 16 or 18 team league, he's an option for you. You're going to have to take your lumps with the bad throws he's going to make, but he's going to not be afraid to sling it down the field and get you points. Royce Freeman's my number 17 running back. There's so much talent there. At some point, I think they're going to run the ball a lot. He's going to have a huge 100, 120-yard-plus game. I think he can go over 100 this week. Uh, Philip Lindsay, let's not overreact too much. He's not quite into flex play territory for me, but he is going to play. They like him a lot. He's going to get touches, and he actually is probably end up getting the touches I thought they were going to give to Devontae Booker. And by the way, there's a better decision to give them to Philip Lindsay. He's more talented. I have Emmanuel Sanders as my number 15 wide receiver this week, too. I love him a lot. He's going to be a volume play. I'm not as low on Demarius Thomas. He's still Demarius Thomas in my top 20 as well. I think there's enough. That offense is good enough to sustain two quality receivers. On the other side, Marshawn Lynch is a flex play at best for me. He's he's not going to miss any time. I know he was banged up and on the injury report, but he'll be perfectly fine. Mike Cooper, not even a flex play for me. He's number 38 wide receiver. I, I just – I got to see it. He's been – for two years now, I've been telling you guys that he's not worth the effort that you're putting into him, uh, and I think that can that's going to continue. And same thing, Cook is outside my top 10 tight ends. I just don't believe it. Yeah. I know he had a great game. I just don't buy it at all. Yeah, I think this is a, a lot of what – if Jared Cook has another game, he becomes a viable option uh, in the tight end position. But I know that this is uh, – it's kind of a prove it game for him because I know a lot of people overreacted. I saw waiver claims in my league, ten dollar waiver claims to get Jared Cook, and I laughed at that because I I I sent a waiver claim for zero dollars because yeah. that's all I was willing to put to get Jared Cook after I had a Delaney Walker injury. Uh, Jamie, Den- make your pick here. Before I do that, Denver, my number three defense this week. Okay. So I think that's an option that again I think they were drafted by a lot of leagues, but if you if they're available, you have them. Start them this week. Make your pick, Jamie. Uh, I'm gonna take Denver here. Uh, I think the line is probably slightly too high based on, based on what I would probably have it on in my head. But I think Denver wins this game by more than a touchdown. Again, this is simple, simple to me. You have one of the worst teams in football, which I believe Oakland is, and you have a middle-of-the-pack team in Denver. Denver is at home. You have the altitude. I think they win this game pretty easily. Yeah, Denver is an underrated home field advantage, not only because of the altitude, but just because of the atmosphere that they bring. And this is a, always a good, fun matchup to watch. So this should this should be a really, really good one. All right, next football game, New York Giants going on the road to play Dallas. Uh, Dallas getting three points at home. Yeah, uh, standard line. Yeah, standard line for the home for the home team. Uh, Dallas a bit a bit meh in their first game against Carolina would be putting it nicely. Nice. Would be putting it nicely. I have a, a couple other choice words that maybe I'd use on a different podcast. But uh, Dak Zeke guys that are being started in a lot of leagues. I think that's a reflection of how many Cowboys fans there are out there. Obviously, we started Ezekiel Elliott each and every week. Uh, Saquon Barkley, those guys. But Jake, talk about what you expect this week from a fantasy perspective, not from the superstar guys that we know are going to be in the lineups. Yeah, I'm starting Zeke and Zeke only on the Cowboys. Blah would be the nicest damn way I could describe what I think of them. Um, Giants-wise, I think Evan Ingram, of course, if you have him, you're probably playing him because you draft him fairly high. I think he bounces back and has some targets. I think he has a pretty good game. Sterling Shepard would be a flex play for me in this one. I think the Giants offense is going to be pretty good. Yeah, I want, I want to read you a very interesting stat. Okay. All right, so since Carson Wentz tore his ACL in week 14 of last season, he has the same amount of touchdown passes as Dak Prescott. 
Wow. So Dak Prescott is completely and utterly unstartable in fantasy right now. He is outside my top 25. He is just not startable. Eli Manning, 18 for me. Uh, so in two QB leagues, deep leagues, I think he could be a good play. I haven't given up on Elliott at all. Still my number six running back. I, he's going to have some struggles this year, but he's too talented not to be a top 10 back. Saquon could have a big game here. Beckham's going to have a big game. Shepard's worth starting in a flex spot. Uh, I like I like a lot of the Giants in this game, and you know I just I, I like this team. I like Sterling Shepard a lot this week. I think he and Evan Ingram bounce back against a mediocre at best Dallas Cowboys defense. I think they're going to feast. I think that offense is going to look really good this week. And this is the point where I tell you that you should subscribe for TD Fantasy Premium because you can get the pick this week for both of these guys. They're both on this game. And you got to subscribe to see where they're leaning and what their pick is this week. Let's finish up with Monday Night Football. Seattle going on the road to play the Bears. The Bears are getting three and a half points at home. And I will tell you my initial reaction to this is I cannot wait for Khalil Mack to play against the Seattle Seahawks offensive line. I'm very excited to see Jordan Howard in this game. I know We've all talked about Jordan Howard and what his capabilities are. The Seattle Seahawks team, one, isn't the same away from Seattle, and two, isn't the same team that it's been in previous years. Jake, from a fantasy perspective, with Doug Baldwin's injury, are you looking at Tyler Lockett as a viable option? Are you are you looking around Seattle's team, and, and what are some options in Chicago from a fantasy perspective? Uh, in Chicago, I mean, I think Cohen watching week one, if you didn't start him and had him on your bench, I think he definitely needs to be in there as a flex option for sure. Um, Receiver-wise, I, I think you're still probably waiting to see him. Allen Robinson would be the guy. I, I'm not really – I don't think they're going to – I think they're going to go back to doing what they can do. I think they're going to run it pretty good on a Seattle team that's really stopped the run in the past a lot. Uh, I look at Brandon Marshall maybe taking some uh, – taking some love here. I think he's definitely an option. I think Lockett is now the guy, and I think Brandon Marshall's a two because he's later in his career, but he's still a big-bodied physical guy that knows the nuances of the game, can get open. Uh, I don't think he has the chemistry with Russell Wilson yet, so that scares me a little bit. Um, I think the Bears' defense is a pretty decent play in this one. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Actually, Chicago's defense is number four for me this week. I really like their – they're going to get to Russell Wilson at least five or six times. I guess it's going to happen. This offensive line gives him up a bunch. Jordan Howard, top ten running back this week. I love him. Tariq Cohen, flex play. Allen Robinson's probably a flex play at this point. Trey Burton's still outside my top 12. Like, I don't – I need to see it to believe it. I've been – I didn't buy the hype in the offseason. I didn't see anything in week one uh, to steer me the other way. Russell Wilson, I know a lot of people have been scared off. I, I think uh, ESPN published an article today, about, I think it was Matthew Berry, that said Russell Wilson's his quarterback 15 and you should not start him in 10-team leagues. Uh, I still have him as a top 10 QB. He's faced good defenses before. He's gotten hit before. He gets sacked a bunch before, and he finds a way to get the job done. Um, Chris Carson, Rashad Penny, I don't know if I trust anybody there. I think Carson a little bit more than Penny right now because that seems to be the talk from Pete Carroll. Maybe as a low-end flex play. Uh, Tyler Lockett's a flex play as well. Brandon Marshall is a flyer. Um, there's there's not a lot to love fantasy-wise aside from the running backs for Chicago in this game. Yeah, Seattle's, uh, aside from Russell Wilson, I'm pretty, pretty much staying away from most of their offensive uh, players at this point from a fantasy perspective, especially on the road. It's just a much different team. Uh, Jake, who are you picking in this game? Chicago getting three and a half points. I got the Bears 27-23 at home. I, I feel pretty good about it. I think that defense is legit. Uh, I think that offense is going to make enough plays. 
I think Nagy's creativity can be really, really good if he just goes back to kind of playing football 80% of the time. He uses the creativity 20% of the time. Uh, I, I just think the Seahawks are – they're just not the same team. Russell Wilson I still like from a fantasy perspective because he's still going to be 80% of their offense. They don't have anything else. He's the only guy that's going to run around and make plays. I like that, but that's about it. I feel pretty good about that pick. Yeah, I agree. I'll take Chicago minus three and a half. And I think this is going to be a closer game. I don't think Seattle's going to get blown out. I don't think this is going to be a multiple score game. I think this will be a one score game. But, you know, as, as I line these two teams up, I wanted to find every reason to take Seattle in the points here. And I just I just could not do it. I think Chicago's defense is, is better, is just too dominant. And Russell Wilson just doesn't have enough weapons around him to make this happen. Yeah, especially after that Doug Baldwin injury that yeah. really, really impacts this team. Doug Baldwin's been a huge part of what Russell Wilson has been able to bail him out a lot of times where he's running for his life and he's able to throw it on the field to Doug Baldwin. Tyler Lockett's not Doug Baldwin. He's not the same guy. So you can't expect that he's just going to pick up where Doug Baldwin left off. Uh, Jake, how can everybody follow you on Instagram and Twitter uh, and see all your all your picks from the Denver-Oakland uh, game this weekend? Yeah, Jake B. Arians on Twitter and Jake Arians on Instagram. Uh, at Jamie Eisner on Twitter and at J-M-E Eisner on Instagram. And you can follow me at the underscore sports page, and you should definitely follow TD Fantasy at TD Fantasy underscore on both Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe. Go to tdfantasy.com so you guys can get all the premium picks. And stay tuned because at the end of this podcast, you're about to get an interview with Dr. Precht of thefantasydoctors.com. Welcome back to the TD Fantasy Podcast. I have a very special guest here with me today, and that is Dr. Stephen Parekh of thefantasydoctors.com. You guys should definitely check out all the great content he's putting out. You can check him out on Twitter. You can check him out on Instagram. You can see all the content they're putting up on their website and stay up to date with the latest injury news because we all know, unfortunately, injuries are a huge part of the NFL and an even bigger part of fantasy football. So, Dr. Parekh, I know you're on the coast. So, first and foremost, are you uh, – are you okay? Is everything safe over there? And uh, obviously praying for everyone and to stay safe during the hurricane. Yeah, actually, it's a lot worse right on the coast. We're in Durham, so a little bit in, inland, but uh, we have a lot of wind, but uh, not severe rain yet. It's, they're telling us in about another hour to two hours we're going to be hit hard. So uh, the worst for us is coming up. Okay, well, obviously continued uh, thoughts for you to stay safe because as Thanks. much as much as fantasy football and this stuff is, is fun to talk about, that's, uh, that's the serious stuff. So let's start off with Thursday Night Football. Um, one, of the, one of the highest ranked running backs right now, a lot of excitement around him is Joe Mixon. And we saw him come in and finish the game, and, and as a Joe Mixon owner, you, you saw him able to make some of those movements that you're used to seeing him but he did leave the game twice he didn't get all of the touches that you saw him get in week one so from that perspective is there any concern with Joe Mixon moving forward so I I think that having seen him come back obviously for the fourth quarter at the end and be able to make his cuts I'm much less concerned to see an athlete go out twice in one game for the same knee gets you very, very worried. But again, having him come back, less worried. What I think this will end up being is just a, a strain of his knee, which can be day-to-day if it's very minor, um, or I should say week-to-week if it's very minor. Uh, but typically, one week at most is what you're going to miss mm-hmm. in a very low-grade strain like it appears he may have had. I think the good thing, too, is he played on Thursday night, so now he has over a week of time to recover. So you're hoping that 
now because he was playing on a Thursday, there is that extra couple of days to recover before he has to play another football game. So hopefully, absolutely, oh, you always got to take into account those times because two days makes a huge difference. I've talked to I've talked to the athletes, and if they have an extra two days to recover, it makes them feel a lot better. Um, let's no, talk- that's a great point, especially for a strain. I mean, every day is a huge benefit. So they get two, three extra days. That's phenomenal time. Yeah. That's that's always good to know. It's always good to pay attention to that the little details with these with these guys and their injuries. All right, the next the next guy we're talking about is also suffering from a knee injury, and that's the knee injury he suffered last Sunday night against the Chicago Bears, and that is quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is across the board the number one fantasy quarterback. A lot of people went out and spent an early draft pick on getting a quarterback, and were really nervous seeing him hobble off the field on a cart and then come back and have obviously an Aaron Rodgers performance, but playing a very tough Minnesota defense this week. What's the outcome? He's still questionable. Do you think he's going to play? If he does play, what, what does that look like from a fantasy perspective? Well, let me tell you, I I love Aaron Rodgers as an athlete, but he crushed me last week. I was up, I was playing against him and I was up until he came back and then I got crushed. (laughs) He killed me last week. But I think, you know, Aaron Rodgers, I, I think this is uh, – well, they've come out later in the week saying this was a sprain of his knee. Um, initially, we, uh, the fantasy doctors, we thought it was an MCL strain. We picked that up right from the beginning. Then Aaron Rodgers on Monday said, hey, this was more of a cartilage issue. And now later in the week we're hearing, in fact, it was a strain or a sprain of his knee. So the fact that he played and he played so well, to me, that means he's playing Sunday. I know he didn't practice all week. That's Okay. I think he'll be playing Sunday. Mike McCarthy said he's fine with Rodgers playing without practicing. The big change now becomes how does he play? And I think he's going to take less snaps under the center and more from from the shotgun position so that he does not have to move quickly as soon as he gets the ball. He gets a little bit more time to kind of figure out what's going on and make his reads. Um, And he may not be as mobile as Aaron Rodgers typically is. But if you go back historically on Aaron Rodgers and you look at how he's performed when he's had a hamstring injury, which also affects mobility, he's actually had higher fantasy points in those weeks. So I think fantasy owners are perfectly fine having Aaron Rodgers and and plugging him in this week. Yeah, I know Minnesota brings the heat. They obviously, much like the Chicago Bears did, will blitz a lot. But this offensive line is going to have to protect their guy. And like you said, I assume that he will be in the shotgun a lot more as well. And maybe you won't be seeing those fantasy points on the ground from Rodgers that you're used to seeing, but I assume that he's going to be throwing the ball through the air more. And that's good news if you're a Jimmy Graham owner or a Randall Cobb owner or Devontae Adams owner, because that shoulder is not impacted by his, by his, by his injury to his knee. And I assume that they're going to be slinging the ball around quite a bit. Yeah, exactly. I agree. I think this is going to be this may be a little bit of a show that Aaron Rodgers puts on for us this week. Wouldn't be surprised. It's it's the Aaron Rodgers show pretty much each and every week. Uh, let's talk about a, <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about a running back, Leonard Fournette. Unfortunately, a guy who's had multiple injuries throughout his career, whether that was at LSU or his first year in the NFL with Jacksonville. Now another injury last week. Uh, what's the timetable? What are you looking at with Fournette? And and are you, from a fantasy perspective, looking and saying, now he's going to be splitting carries here and his value is not as high as it usually is? So let me come out and answer that first. I certainly don't think his value is as high as it usually is. He has shown us last year that he is injury prone and he had his ankle sprains just continue to be a nagging problem all season long. 
that's fine. This year, now it's his hamstring. And the problem with Fournette is if he does not take the time it needs to heal, this is going to nag him his entire season. So I, if I own him this week, I'm being very, very cautious on Fournette because if he does play and if he takes a lot of snaps, look for him to re-injure this hamstring, which will put him out even longer. So I think they're going to be very conservative with Fournette. If he's dehydrated, if he looks exhausted, he's going to be sitting because those are the scenarios that put him at risk to re-injury. Yeah, and this is a Jacksonville Jaguars team that relies on Leonard Fournette a lot because Blake Bortles is not exactly a traditional pocket passer. Uh, he needs the running back position to be very strong, and they're playing a New England defense that's probably a little bit underrated because of what happened last season, the first few weeks of the season. And we all know what happens with New England. They're going to go after and expose your weaknesses, and if you have a running back who has a lingering issue – they obviously know that, and they're going to try and expose that. And I think if Jacksonville's smart, they're going to want to be careful with this injury. So I would say you, right. he, he can't be listed at a running back one this week. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. I, I would even say cautiously, if you have a better running back for two, I wouldn't even put him in for running back two. Yeah, I, I agree with you. All right, let's go to the quarterback position here again. Uh, Marcus Mariota, another guy who's had some injury issues. Uh, this team – uh, <laughs> kind of surprised some people last season, but it wasn't because of Mariota's maybe magnificent play. He wasn't really necessarily the largest part of why that Tennessee team had success last season. And that team looks a little bit lost here. Henry's value, I'd say, doesn't look great. They already lost Delaney Walker. Um, so you're looking at Marcus Mariota from a fantasy perspective. He doesn't necessarily have, you know, Walker's a big part of that offense. Losing him, I think, downgrades Mariota right away. From an injury perspective, you're looking at him. Where are you ranking Marcus Mariota, and what is your confidence in him going forward? So uh, I think the loss of Delaney Walker really takes devalues his his importance in a fantasy league. I think that uh, his injury, uh, which we think is uh, an irritation to his nerve, I think that's that's gone. He was throwing, uh, I believe it was day before yesterday, uh, and then he threw again yesterday. So I, I'm not uh, worried at all about his ability to be effective this week. I do think that he, he's just not going to put up some stats because when you lose somebody like Delaney Walker, who's really his blanket, um, I, I think that, it, that he is going to struggle. Yeah, I agree. Mar Mariota's had an interesting career, and if you listen to the TD Fantasy podcast, Jamie Eisner, my co-host, is not a big fan of Marcus Mariota, and I have to, I have to agree. I think you probably, if you're in a, if you're in a one quarterback league, Marcus Mariota should not be anywhere near your starting lineup. Uh, let's talk about tight ends. There's been obviously we just spoke about Delaney Walker. It, unfortunately for him, he's not going to be part of his team this season or part of any fantasy football leagues this season. But Greg Olson is a guy who re-injured the same foot. But if you have an IR position on your fantasy team, are you, are you looking at this injury and saying, okay, this could be a type of guy that could come back for the fantasy playoffs? Because Greg Olson, when he's healthy, he's a top five tight end and a, and a difference maker with that Carolina Panthers team. So, Dr. Preck, if, if you had an IR position, are you comfortable putting Greg there? Or are you saying he's not going to be available pretty much all season? So I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to tell you he's not going to be available all season long. And even if he does come back, he will not be effective. But I predict that he will end up in the operating room sometime in the next four to six weeks, and his season will be over. 
Okay. I, I kind of had a feeling you were headed that way. Usually when you're re-aggravating kind of that same injury you've had before, it's not all, not yet, not usually very good news. Uh, last, last year, Dr. Precht, a running back Devonta Freeman, what is the, what is the long-term play with him? And, you know, some, some still issues here. You're looking at whether or not he's going to be starting this weekend uh, against Carolina. So our sources are telling us that he will not be playing this week, in fact. Um, so last year he had a PCL injury, which was treated not without surgery. Uh, the PCL is the second stabilizing, um, important stabilizer of your knee beyond, besides the ACL. What we don't know with Freeman is whether he has re-injured his PCL or is this something entirely different. The Falcons have not really been very um, clear about what's going on, but we know it's his knee. We know it's the same knee. And with the history of just last season, this other injury, you have to be concerned. And now we're hearing that he's going to be out this week. So I think two to four weeks before he's back on the playing field. So maybe game three, but likely game four is when you're going to see him back. All right, Dr. Parekh, thank you so much for joining me. I want to make sure everybody can follow you and read your content, read your tweets and, and everything that you're doing. So why don't you share with everybody where they can find everything that you're, that you're doing? Yeah, so the best place to find us is on Twitter. Uh, our Twitter handle is at the Fantasy DRS for doctors. Um, if you want to check out our website, it's thefantasydoctors.com. And if you really love to hear more about injuries but also want to see how it affects play uh play performance of of key athletes check out our analytics website at fantasydose.com where we dive in deep and give you deep understanding of what happens for these injuries and how is it going to affect these athletes yeah it's great analytics i love using their platform i can't it's a it's a little edge gives you an edge on everybody else and that's what we're all looking for in fantasy football world because we all know the websites but you got to find these these little little extra umps that give you over the top each and every week uh guys dr preg will be joining me every fire every friday so make sure you're tuning in each and every friday and and reading all of his content thanks for listening to the td fantasy podcast thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.